And, and like Brian was saying too, you know, God will give you, there'll be an inroad, there'll be a conversation starter, there'll be something that is going to allow you to share your faith. And here's the thing, do not allow the enemy to bring condemnation into your life if that didn't happen this week. This is not a competition. This is not a performance. Um, please understand that. What we are doing is we're looking to stir each other up unto love and good works. And so that's why we're testifying. That's why we're sharing. And uh, we're going you know, to do that here on the regular. We're just going to kind of testify and share. And what we're trying to do is we're just trying to stir each other up. And, and what we, we want to kind of build some momentum and stuff and get people where they're comfortable sharing. And there's all different kinds of ways of sharing. Just like people been sending, people heard our message last week, and people have been sending me all this stuff in the mail uh, for evangelism. So like so a gentleman out of Florida sent me, these are pennies that actually have a cross placed in them. And um, this is uh, something that you can hand somebody, something that's a conversation starter. You know, all evangelism isn't a conversation uh, I believe tracks are powerful too. You know, Connie's got some tracks. Whatever that you have, we're going to just start. Because I got, the, if you look over there, there's a bunch of these pennies that are over there. And we're going to fill up that, um, whatever that thing is over there, that wooden thing. We I call everything the wooden thing in our house. Where's it at? It's on the wooden thing. Where's it at? It's over here on that wooden thing. But we're going to put, <laughs> that's what we do. I'm sure there's a name for it, but I don't know what it is. Uh, what is it? Table! Hey! Praise God! Hallelujah! Thank you, Tim. Amen. It's a table. <laughs> First church of, of, of sarcastic re remarks. <laughs> Sarcasm is our love language here. Anyway, over there on the table, this wood, uh, we're going to put tracks and stuff. And so you guys pick those up and use those and hand those out. And there's all different ways to share your faith, you know. And I'm going to share a few of things that I had happen last week, and then we're going to make some announcements about some things that we're going to do as a church. So anyway, let's turn to Mark 16. And uh, I've just been going back into the Scriptures of fresh and anew. How many know that... At different seasons in your life, um, it's important to, to go back to things that you thought you knew and try to take everything that you thought you knew and set it aside and read the Scriptures again like a child. Uh, because there, there's a lot of things that you know, no one understands perfectly. No one has a perfect understanding of anything. Uh, we, we, we see in the glass darkly and, and, and you know, we're all learning. We're all students. We want to stay teachable. And um, we want to we want to just look afresh and anew because what can happen is is our our belief system can pick up cliches almost like dust balls, you know. And then you got this look, you know, you get all these these cliches, and people think cliches are scripture, you know, because they've heard it so many times, you know. And um, uh, you know, I can remember, you know, there's all these things that we've heard for years that really, are, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. You know, who else heard that? That ain't a book. <laughs> but like, but people say it so much that you think it's in the book, but when you actually get in there and take a look, it's not, you know? And we could spend all day talking about things that have become cliche. And so what we have to do is we have to kind of declutter our perception and look at the scriptures with a with a freshness. And I've been doing that specifically in the area of evangelism and preaching the gospel. 
and really been just looking at how the early church did it, you know, because I feel like um, the, the birthing of the church was in a place of purity. Uh, the message was pure. And, uh, you know, man-made religion didn't have an opportunity to get in there and really skew things. And so I've been, been just studying, uh, you know, the book of Acts and, and taking a look at how they did that. And um, it, it's quite different to the way things are done in the modern-day Christianity. And so what we want is we want to do it the scriptural way, and we want to do it, the, the, you know, what, what the Lord has told us to do. So anyway, let's take a look at Mark 16. And, you know, this is um, Jesus' parting words. Um, and, you know, how many know that the last thing you say to someone before you leave carries a lot of importance? Yeah. Amen. I know that when I leave my house, my wife has always got the last minute instructions. Like I, when I'm leaving, it's always like, you know, don't forget the toilet paper and remember to get this, remember to get that. You know, there's always those, you know what I'm saying? Like there's those last moment of, same for Ethan, you know, make sure you bring your money with you, you know, and all of these things. And, and Jesus is about to leave the earth. Like he's about to ascend up into the clouds and um, he is leaving his instruction uh, to his disciples. And so, and this is what he says, Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. He says to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so this, these are his parting words. Now, um, the, the way the, the church has operated um, a lot in modern Christianity, and let me, let me make this statement to you. Don't be intimidated by all this. You be you. I'm not asking you to change your personality. You be you. Can I get an Amen. The way you do things is going to be different than the way Brian does things, Connie does things, Teresa does things, I do things. Amen? You may, not be, you may not be a loud person. You may not be a vocal person. But God's going to give you opportunity to shine the light. And there are ways to shine, there are ways to shine the light when you don't say a word. I mean, you, know, you can shine the light through your actions. Can you get an amen? So... The last thing on earth I want to happen is a culture of performance to be built in here as a result of this. This is not a church growth concept or, or push. Uh, this, this is not a performance. This is not anything. This is the kingdom of God operating the way the kingdom of God is supposed to operate. Everybody in this room, you are a minister of reconciliation. You carry a message of reconciliation. You have light to shine. If you didn't have a purpose and you didn't have a calling on this planet, when you got saved, you'd go straight to heaven and you'd be gone. But how many of you are still here? And you're here because you have purpose. And uh, your purpose is displayed in you know, your giftings and the way you serve, uh, you know, coming together in the body of Christ. There's a million different ways that love flows through us. But a part of our calling is to shine the light to, to the world. That's a part of our calling. Amen? And I feel like we have this solid foundation of grace, very solid foundation of grace, to where we can do it in a fashion with, good, with right motives. Are you all tracking me? Because there's been a whole lot of you know, models of evangelism that was based on church growth, been based on trying to get to heaven, been based on trying to impress God or get blessed or fear-mongering and condemnation and pointing out you know, people sin and, you know, all of these, all of these things. But, but now that we know that we're loved, we know that we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We know that we don't have to do a thing for the Lord in order for Him to love us and accept us and to celebrate us and to be proud of us. Are y'all tracking me? We know that we are seated. Seated. 
not working, seated in heavenly places. Out of that place is the purest and most beautiful expression of the gospel. How many of the world hasn't seen a lot of that? They've seen a lot of striving. They've seen a lot of hellfire and brimstone and condemnation and and all of these legalistic works-based presentations of the kingdom, but they haven't actually seen a lot of people at rest knowing that they're loved by God and sharing the message because they know God loves them and God loves people. Can I get an amen? It's time for that to change. It's time to, to introduce uh, the, the pure message of the gospel to the world. Who better to preach the grace of God than people that understand the grace of God? <laughs> you understand? I mean, those are going to be the best people to share the message, you know? And I feel like there are, are, are good portions of the body of Christ who've been incubating in grace, allowing legalism to fall off of them and getting set free. Um, and that's a wonderful thing. But, but, but you've been, the freedom has been brought to you so that the freedom can flow through you. Can it get an amen? We have to be careful not to get selfish with grace. Amen. And just eat it for ourselves and just drink it for ourselves and just enjoy Jesus for ourselves. As you allow the good news of the gospel to flow through you, it's actually going to strengthen your own understanding of grace. It's going to strengthen your own understanding of the gospel. Very big time. It's going to do amazing things on the inside of you. Um, and so there is like this transition where now that we've been incubating and enjoying this message, it's really time to share it, right? And so Jesus says, go. You know, the model of the, the modern day church is come. Come to church. Come to church. Come to my church. You got to come to my church. Church, 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 church. That's not how the book of Acts works, man. That's not how the kingdom works. The kingdom works is we take, we take church to them. You know, we take it out there. That's how it works. That's how the kingdom works. Now, we come here to, to, be, to be encouraged, to be discipled, to be taught. You know, how many know we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together? How many know the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the people in the book of Acts? They met publicly. They met house to house. They broke bread. They met together. They fellowshiped together. Special things happen when we come together. Can you get an amen? We're not looking to dissolve that, but we are looking to add to Jesus' words of go into all the world. Now, um, and, and certainly that, that would be representative of evangelistic events, you know, where, where you, you, know, you bring a bunch of people together and you look to go out and do some evangelism, and that's wonderful, but I, don't, I think the primary push is your daily life. This is a lifestyle. This is something, you, this is something that you get comfortable doing. Okay, you just start to you, you just you settle into it and it becomes a part of who you are. It's not an event. It, you know, certainly an evangelistic event will help you in your boldness and help you. How I many you know just like when we're sharing testimonies here, we're stirring each other up about sharing the good news and ministering to people. Right. And it will help you in that. But what we want to do is uh, we want your feet shod with the gospel of peace. How I many you know you wear your shoes wherever you go? And, and God says that you're to, be, you're, you're to be clothed in good news. In other words, wherever I walk, my shoes are going with me. I have a foundation of peace with God. But wherever I go, I'm taking that peace with me and I'm handing that peace out to people that are around me. Can I get an amen? You know, when you're sharing the message, you know, a lot of people that, that do street ministry and stuff, they're out there yelling at everybody. They're yelling at everybody and they're pointing out everybody's sin. They didn't do that in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, you don't see one person standing up and just yelling about everybody's sin. You know what they preach? They preach Jesus. 
They preached the Gospel. When the Holy Spirit fell, and many times, and we're not going to get a chance to see that this morning, but it's when they released the message of forgiveness. When Peter preached to Cornelius' house, when he, when he released the message of forgiveness and said that Jesus has brought forgiveness from all sin, the Spirit of God fell upon them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, when, when the Apostle Paul released the message of forgiveness, the Spirit of God fell. So the message is not this angry, striving message of pointing out what's wrong with everybody and pointing out the sin of the world. The message is Jesus. You preach Jesus, right? And so the gospel shoes, you take Jesus wherever you go. How many know you're right with God? Can I get an amen? How many know you are right with God next week, whether you share your faith with anybody or not? Can I get an amen? And you're not going to be less right with God than someone who does share their faith. Can I get an amen? Because this is not a competition. This is not the spiritual Olympics. We are a family. We have good news. We're just passing out the love. Can I get an amen? And so... Um, so things are, things are different, but the message is go. It's go in and to share. And you do it in your daily life. Just like Brian had that opportunity, like Teresa had that opportunity. Opportunities are going to be there, but what we have to do is we have to set our minds on ready. Be ready to share. It, it'll change the way you live. See, it'll give purpose to you beyond just your job. Yes. See, all things were created by Him and all things were created for Him. So, so unless He's number one, then your priorities are off and you're not functioning the way you should function. Are y'all tracking me here? How many of your job shouldn't be the number one thing in your life? How many of your spouse shouldn't be the number one thing in your life? How many of your kids shouldn't be the number one thing in your life? Number one thing in your life should be the Lord Jesus Christ. You put Him first. So that you recognize you are an ambassador of Christ wherever you go. You're a minister of reconciliation. So when you're in Kroger getting your stuff, you're, 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 you're aware of the opportunity to share or to help or to bless. Are you tracking me? When you're on your job, you're, you're, there's an awareness. You're carrying an awareness. You're looking. And you know what it does? It makes boring, mundane life exciting. It's like, Lord, what do you got? What do you got, Lord? Where are you at? You know, you ever just be at the grocery store and someone want to share with you all their aches and pains? You know what's happening? Their spirit's begging you to pray for them. They don't know it, but they're begging you to pray for them. And see, when you pray for them publicly, right there, the fragrance of Jesus is moving in the aisles. The fragrance of Jesus is moving around. See, it's more than just... Evangelism is more than just trying to strong arm someone into a sinner's prayer. That's actually not evangelism. The good news is a declaration of what's been done. Hearts will change. People will repent. People will receive. Amen? But like when you, when you pray for somebody publicly, people see that. Can you get an amen? And, and it's, and it's going to draw them or push them away. But it, when, when you share your testimony... How many know everybody in here, you have a story? What's your story? The darkness the Lord has delivered you from. There are people that need your story. You can tell your story anywhere. Can you get an amen? You know, and you can do it on social media. You can do it with your neighbor. You can do it. Just share what the Lord has done for you. Can I get an amen? And 
It's a lifestyle. Go ye is a lifestyle. This is something that we learn how to do. And you get comfortable in, and then your life, you, you start to live with a greater purpose than just making a paycheck and taking care of your family and doing the things that you need to do and putting food on the table and all the stuff that we do. You follow me? Your life becomes a form of worship because Jesus, because you were created by Jesus and you were created for Jesus. And when you live as unto the Lord, I mean, oh, you're happy. A great example of someone who had everything but was miserable is Solomon. Solomon had everything this world could offer. If you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, it's a time where someone, had, he, he basically backslid away from the Lord as a result of the influence of all of the, the wives and concubines that he had. And he stopped really honoring the Lord and he put other things in front of the Lord. He put you know, laughter in front of the Lord, merriment in front of the Lord. He put building things in front of the Lord. He did all of these things, but if you look at the end of the book, he's like, I'm miserable. So the best thing you can do is live for the Lord. <laughs> you follow me? How many know that Hollywood has proven to us you can have everything this world has to offer and you're still not going to be happy? So this, this putting the Lord first, putting an awareness of the kingdom upon you, wearing it as shoes on your feet, placing it in your mind, sanctifying the Lord in your hearts, and living as unto the Lord will turn your life into a beautiful adventure as you and your Father work together. Because God has good works for you to do. Not dead legalistic works of you trying to earn your standing with God. Not dead legalistic works of you trying to earn love from God or forgiveness or earn anything. How many know you already have everything you need in Jesus? And you already got it all for free. Amen? But now that you've freely received, there's a completion of the pathway of grace in that you let it flow through you. It's not enough for it to just come to you. It must flow through you. Amen? How I many of love has a course? It's got to come to you, and then it flows through you. Amen? This is how you're going to be happy, because this is the way you were created. And so I'll read the rest of this passage. He said, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. How I many know you, the, the message of universalism is not scriptural? Not, you, everybody's not automatically saved. People have to believe in order to receive this. They have to honor the Son of God. People preaching universalism, they're basically attacking the kingdom, whether they realize it or not, because they're saying there's no need for faith, there's no need uh, to honor Jesus, everybody's saved, so let's just all do nothing. No, God loved us enough. How many know that it would be foolish for God to send His disciples to, to preach a message that everything had already been accomplished, and now they're all going to be martyred and killed because God sent them out? No, there's a work to be done. Jesus finished the work through His death, burial, and resurrection, but now we herald the message. We have a message of good news, and as people believe it and receive it, they enjoy it. He who does not believe will be condemned. These signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. How I many of you don't have to be afraid of any supernatural stuff? Can I get an amen? I got talked to somebody the other day who was dealing with some supernatural stuff. Listen, demons fear and tremble at the name of Jesus. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. You don't ever have to be afraid of anything demonic, anything satanic, anything occult. All of hell, hell fears and trembles at the name of Jesus Christ. They do not have authority. They do not have power. Don't let their loud voices and their barking dogs scare you, okay? You, as a, as a child of the King, as the righteousness of God, you have more authority than all of hell combined. Because the greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. 
How many of you know the occult's ramped up right now? Satanic's ramped up right now. I mean, they're all running around trying to do their thing. They don't have the authority. They're standing on lies. How many of you know we have the authority as the children of God? You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, and so the more you understand that you're the righteousness of God, the more it's going to give you confidence to exercise the authority that's been given to you. The more you share the gospel, the more it's going to ground you in the gospel. Okay, to get an amen. How many of you know condemnation preachers, they hurl condemnation, and as a result, they sink deeper into condemnation? Who are the most condemned people in the world? People that preach condemnation. They can't get it off their back, so they try to put it on other people. Anyway, so don't be afraid of the enemy, okay? You have nothing to fear, okay? Uh, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Talking about praying in the Spirit. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. Uh, what's that, what that is saying is as you go, you will be protected. Can I get an amen? As you go, you will be protected. You'll be protected. You'll be protected. You'll be protected. Amen? Don't have an expectation of evil. Have an expectation of good. Can I get an amen? Follow the leading of the Spirit. If the, leading, if the Spirit of the Lord lead, you've got to be sensitive right here in the day and times that we're living in. I mean, you know, there were times when, when God spoke to Paul, he forbade him to preach in Asia. Well, I thought we were supposed to go ye into all the world. It wasn't the right time. Time, you know, timing is important. And, and if you have an unction, follow that unction. If you have a no, follow that no. Can I get an amen? Very important. Um, and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. And so, you know, not only are we preaching a message of good news, how many know that we are carrying power and we are called to pray for the sick? Amen. Lay hands on people, pray for them. Amen. See what God does. Now, Acts chapter, excuse me, Acts chapter 1. Let's take a let's, let's walk a little bit deeper here in, in uh, what we have. Acts chapter 1 and in verse 8, Jesus speaking. He says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so this is <clears throat> Jesus letting them know. Uh, you know, where they were going to be sharing the good news. But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses. Listen, you're not alone in what you're doing. This is so important. Almighty God is going to be, the Spirit of the Lord is going to be upon you. The Spirit of the Lord is going to be upon your words. The Spirit of God is going to empower you. How many know God will give you what to say? Don't be concerned. In fact, don't, don't premeditate. Just open your mouth in love. Amen? Um, uh, you know, you're, you're better off not planning too much. You know, when I, when I do evangelism and stuff like that, I just have to turn my brain off sometimes. Because I'll, I'll overthink it, and I'll, I'll overthink it, and then I won't do it. And, and sometimes you just got to go. You know, you just got to step out. And so don't be concerned about what you're going to say or how you're going to say it, if you're going to mess it up or whatever. We're, we all mess it up. Holy Spirit will clean it up. <laughs> okay? Holy Spirit is with you. You've been, you've, been given, you've been given the power of the Spirit for the purpose of being a witness. We're here to witness. We're here to witness of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're here to witness to the absolute success of the cross that all the sin of all humanity has been taken care of and now we have a message of reconciliation to the entire world, to every man, woman, and child on this planet. God's not mad. God loves you. And the outstretched hand of His salvation is in His Son, Jesus.
Can I get an amen? Right? And so the, the Spirit of God is going to be with you in this. You're not alone, right? And uh, you are a minister of reconciliation. How I many know oh, you're not a minister of condemnation? You're a minister of reconciliation. You know, we, we, we looked at this before, and I don't think we're going to turn there. Turn to John chapter 6, or excuse me, John 16, and I want to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit here for just a minute in the preaching of the gospel. But I want to read this to you because this is kind of our springboard verse for what we have going on right now. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, I'll read this to you as you turn. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, <clears throat> he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's your ministry. You have a ministry of reconciliation. That's for every child of God. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So God took care of the sin of the entire world on the cross. Amen. He took care of the sin of the entire world. So, how many know you're not out there preaching sin? You're not out there pointing out sin. Now, listen, I'm not saying that right isn't right and wrong isn't wrong. Right's still right, wrong's still wrong. Can I get an amen? Don't lose that, okay? Uh, there's a lot of people who claim to have a, uh, have a hold of grace and, and the lines are blurred uh, when it comes to right and wrong and Scripture lays out what's right and wrong. I mean, we're not letting go of the standard of God's righteousness and God's holiness. But when you're sharing the message of the Gospel, okay, that message is a message of forgiveness. It's not a message of pointing out what's wrong with people. It's a message of forgiveness. Amen? we got all these people out here preaching messages of condemnation and sin. That's not, that's not the Gospel. You know? But that's cool. It's okay. They got to go first. Now it's our turn. Okay? How many know God? God uh, uh, how many know the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former house? How many know condemnation had a glory on it, but the ministry of righteousness will exceed much more in glory? Amen. How many know God? Uh, uh, he, he saves the best wine for last. Amen. And so they got to, to go first, but now God's raising up ministers of reconciliation like yourself, like myself, who are going to share the good news of the gospel and allow the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit do His work. One of the, one, we get in a lot of trouble in the church when we try to be the Holy Spirit. You can't be somebody's Holy Spirit. Okay, You cannot facilitate somebody's relationship with God. When you try to do that, you, 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 you get in God's way. <laughs> you follow me? You can't nag somebody into sanctification. You can't nag somebody into obedience. You can't, you can't, you got to let the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost does and you point to Jesus. Now, I'm not saying there's not a time for correction, but most correction in the Bible is for the church. It's not for the unbelievers. You know, Paul did get up and correct sexual immorality in, in the Corinthian church. It was happening in the church. A guy was sleeping with his stepmom. Paul's like, that's wrong. We can't do that. You know what I'm saying? But he, what, he didn't go out and correct the unbeliever on that. They're sinners. Of course they're going to sin. Right. It's not your job to convict them of sin. It's your job to direct them to Jesus. The correction happens in church. Amen. And, 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 and for the most part, the Spirit of God does most of the correction. You know, but, but if we're in church and, and it gets to the place where correction needs to happen, then so be it. You know, um, but but your part is to point to Jesus, is to share the gospel, amen. So anyway, um, 
not imputing their trespasses to them, committed to unto us the word of reconciliation, not the word of condemnation, not the word of sin management, the word of reconciliation. Now then, we, us, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's what we're speaking. Now, John chapter 16, let's take a look at what the Holy Spirit and what His job is. It says, uh, John 16, verse 5, it says, But now, Jesus speaking, He says, But now I go away to Him who sent me, and none of you ask me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the Helper. Everybody say the Helper. The helper. That Holy Spirit is, one of, the, one of His jobs is the Helper. And He's going to help you with everything. 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 Whatever you let Him help you with, He will help you with. But what we're specifically talking about right now is sharing the, the, the good news and ministering to people. The Spirit of Almighty God will help you. He'll help you do it. Amen? And He wants you to do it the way you do it, not the way somebody else does it. You're not, we're not looking at a pattern. We're not looking at a class. We want you, full of the Holy Ghost, shining Jesus the way you do it, not the way somebody else does it. Can I get an amen? Never compare yourself to somebody else. Because how many know that not one tool gets all jobs done? You need all kinds of tools to get the jobs done. Amen? And all of us, we are, we are arrows in the Father's quiver. We are tools in God's tool belt. We have a testimony. We have a calling. We have a personality. We have a circle of influence. And God's shining on you to shine in the darkness of where you're at. All of everything we're talking about right now is Isaiah 60. Arise and shine. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord is shining upon you. Gentiles shall come to the brightness of your rising because darkness has covered the earth and gross darkness the people. We are shining. That's what we're doing. That's what we're called to do. Amen? And so the Spirit of God will help you. He says, uh, the Helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, here's the job of the Spirit of God. This ain't your job. This is his job. He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Okay? So much confusion in the body of Christ have happened as a result of not understanding this passage of Scripture. Now, he says this is his job. He's going to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. And then, thank God, he expounds it and breaks it down and tells us what that means. <clears throat> of sin, because they do not believe in me. The Holy Spirit, this is so important. The Holy Spirit convicts the unbeliever of the sin of not believing in Jesus. You don't do that. He does that. You preach the gospel. You preach the message of reconciliation. You, you, you share Jesus. You share the love of God. You share the forgiveness. The Spirit of God convicts them. Can't get an amen. We need the Holy Ghost to do His part. But this is what people have tried to do. They've run around trying to convict people of sin. It's not in the book. In the book of Acts, they're just preaching Jesus. And we're going to look at it. We're going to look at their actual sermons. That's what I was really hungry for. Show me what they preached, Lord. You know what they preached? Jesus. They went around just preaching Jesus. They, finished, they, they preached the finished work of the cross and the resurrection and the forgiveness of sin. And the Holy Spirit convicted the unbelievers 
not of the multitude of their sins, but of the sin of not believing in Jesus. Are y'all tracking me? Okay, that's your part. You share the message, and then the Spirit of God does the convicting. Golly, I just how did we miss this? <laughs> but like you share the message. Just share the message. Just share the message. What, whatever it looks like, however it looks like. God loves you. You, you. you know what I'm saying? Jesus died for your sins. Forgiveness has been given to you. You follow me? Let the Spirit of God convict people of the sin of unbelief in Jesus. It is a spiritual thing. Now, if you're around an unbeliever who's being convicted of the sin of unbelief, they make it ugly. Because they're uncomfortable. And they may think it's your fault. <laughs> Seriously, they don't like it. Why? Well, they're, the Almighty God is persuading their hearts that they're not enough. That they need salvation. That they need help. Amen. It, it's, it's a, it's an, it can be an intense thing. How I many know oh, your presence can convict people of that? You get around people and they don't like you? It's the Spirit of God in you. I tell, I tell, I mean, I try to convey that to my family, you know, to my teenager, to, to you know, you, you, some people are not going to like you. And the reason they don't like you is because the Spirit of God's in you. And you, you get around them, they start getting convicted of the sin of unbelief in Jesus. They start, they start feeling conviction. They don't, and, and what happens is their conscience awakes to the reality that they're not enough. Now, that's how people get saved. You know, that's how people, I mean, you know, you don't get saved until you come to the end of yourself, right? But once again, that's not our job, okay? Don't go around trying to clean the fish for you catch them. Man, we're so, we've been so bad at that in the church. Like when you're out witnessing and evangelizing people and they're cussing like crazy, don't correct them. Just love them. Just love them. You know, don't, I mean, I understand, correct. I mean, you know, like if there's a time to, to set a standard in certain, like if I'm hanging out, if we're around people and people dropping F-bombs around my family, you know, and my kids are there and stuff like that. I, I, there, there's, that's not an issue of the kingdom. That's just an issue of maintaining some decency around my kids. You understand what I'm saying? That's, that's a little bit, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, you know, you can't clean the fish before you catch it. So the fish comes, it's dirty, it's, it's messed up, it's ugly, it's full of sin, it has all kinds of problems. Don't clean the fish. Tell the fish that God loves them. Jesus loves them. Jesus died for the sins. They're forgiven. And if they'll receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, they'll be saved. Are y'all tracking me here? And so um, that, that repentance, you know, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to use the word repentance anymore, not because it's not a valid word, but because it has a connotation on it of sackcloth and ashes. The word repentance just means to change your mind, to change your direction. And so I'm, I'm looking to, to maybe change the vernacular a little bit because the issue is, you know, Jesus came preaching repentance from the kingdom, that word metanoia. He's saying, hey, y'all, change your minds. Change your direction. We're doing things different. You follow me? Nothing wrong with the word repentance. Don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with it. But it has taken on a connotation of emotionalism and sackcloth and ashes and condemnation. It's actually not what it is. Repentance is, I'm going in this direction. I repent. I'm actually not going back in this direction. I'm choosing to honor God. I'm choosing to honor Jesus. I'm choosing life. Are y'all tracking me here? Um, 
And so the Spirit of God will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. So once someone is saved, uh, they are now convicted of righteousness by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is going to bear witness that they're right with God. Amen? And that is the message of the Gospel. It's beautiful. The Gospel preached to a believer will confirm them that they're the righteousness of God. The, the, gospel, the same message preached to an unbeliever will convict them of unbelief in Jesus so that they need to get right with God. Are you all tracking me here? And then the, the spirit of this world has been judged. What that does is it lets you know that you're right with God and that the spirit of this world is underneath your feet and has no power and has no authority over you. Can I get an amen? God does, the, God does all three of these things with, with the same administration of righteousness. Okay? The message of the gospel strengthens the believers that they're the righteousness of God. It convicts the unbelievers of unbelief in Jesus. And then it also lets you know that you have authority over the enemy. Are y'all tracking me here? Amen. Now, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6, please. And you may be saying, well, Jeremiah, you know, I don't know what this has to do. You know, I need help with my marriage. I need help with my kids. I need help with this. I need help with that. Listen, you get this going, like you, you get, I mean, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Sometimes things are messed up because our priorities are off. In fact, quite often things are messed up because our priorities are off. How many know this is God's priority? The kingdom. The good news, right? If we make God's priority our priority, how many know God will fix some other... There will be other things that are fixed as a result of everything lining up. Are you tracking me? And, And a lot of times what we do, we go around trying to put out these small fires. You know, how many of the enemy will make you busy with small fires? You don't have time for sharing the good news with somebody. You got this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Martha, 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 Martha. Covered about with many things. Mary has chosen that which is needful. Mary chose the Christ. You chose to fix all the the fires. I'm not saying fires don't need fixed. I'm not saying you need to address things. Please understand, I'm not saying that. How many know your number one ministry is your family? I believe that with all my heart. If, you're, if your family's not in order, how are you going to handle anything else? Okay? Your family's your number one ministry. <clears throat> but as you put the kingdom first, and you put the Lord first, everything else just starts to line up. And what, what you'll see is you'll see a lot of fires just get put out as your priorities are straight. Are you all tracking me here? Because the, the enemy would love to keep you busy on everything but this. Amen? He loved to keep you busy and everything but this. And so anyway, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15, we talked about this for a moment. It says, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now remember, I was talking about this a second ago, your gospel shoes. Amen? How many know that your feet, you have the gospel of peace on you? What are you talking about, Jeremiah? How many know you have peace with God? Can I get an Amen. You're the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. You have peace with the Lord. Isn't that the, it's the greatest thing in the world, right? You carry this peace. But what that means is everywhere you go, you bring your shoes with you. Your shoes are the foundation in which you experience the world with. What does that mean? That means every step I take, I'm right with God. Everywhere I go, I'm right with God. How I many of you know that's what the Gospels told you? 
and solidified in your heart. <clears throat> How many know if you know that you're right with God, you're going to carry yourself different than someone who's under condemnation? So I'm right with God wherever I go. But as a result of being right with God, I'm, I'm carrying these shoes, the shoes of the gospel. How many know that I'm, I'm now ready to share it? If you look at that word preparation, uh, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Let's look at that word preparation. It's the word hitomasia, and it means foundation, firm footing, readiness. See, there's a readiness to share good news. That's what I was talking about earlier. Like through your daily life, a readiness. Thinking about it. Forefront of your mind. How can I share the good news with somebody? Amen. Amen. If you look at the root of the word uh, for, for preparation, it's the word hitomai, and it means ready because prepared, standing by, ready to meet the opportunity. And so having your, your feet shod with the gospel of peace means that there's a readiness that's on the inside of you. There's, there's a, like, what I would like to do is empower you to be aware of that gospel, the gospel shoes on your feet, so that when you walk into your week, you're, you're looking for opportunity to pray for somebody. You're looking for opportunity to share the good news with somebody. Amen? And, and, and as you do it, there's going to be a stability that comes in your life. There's going to be a strength that comes in your life. There's going to be an aligning of your priorities. There's going to be a fixing of fires. There's going to be things that are... See, <clears throat> so many times we want God to bless our will. And that's really not how it works. You, you get in line with His will. And then the blessing's there. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you want to, you just want to do what it's his, we got to do what he wants. <laughs> you know? This isn't really even our lives. Like, this life is actually his life, that he is now living through you. You are not your own any longer. You do not own yourself. Now, he will give you the freedom to be an idiot if you want to. He will. He'll give you the freedom to. He'll love you, He'll bless you, He'll rescue you over and over and over again. But how many of the school of hard knocks will teach you that the way of the Lord is better than any other way? Don't ask me how I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, His way is the best way. Amen? One of the greatest things that can happen to you is to lose confidence in you. And just come to the end of yourself and just become submitted to the Lord. And be like, all right, whatever you want. And, and, and it's a good place to be because what happens is you've lost trust in yourself and you've gained trust in the Lord. And now you trust Him, you surrender to Him, and now it's like, okay, what do you want to do? Because you, you find out that what He wants to do is better than, than our ideas and what we want to do. And, and th there's a submission to Scripture. Uh, there's a submission to the Spirit of God on the inside of you. How many of there's a submission to each other? There's an honoring of each other. Um, I know that, that people uh, have abused submission in the church. And people, you need to be submitted to the pastor. And you need to be submitted to the leader. And you need to be submitted to the church. And all of these things. And <clears throat> people were submitted to the point that they, they submitted even their own relationship with the Lord. I can remember there's a time in my life where I sat in my office in a ministry. And they, right on the, on the ground, it was like, are you going to submit to them? Or are you going to submit to me? And I had the choice to make. Am I going to choose God or am I going to choose that person? I chose God and that's why I'm here today. But it was that cut and dry. Because there are people who've deified their pastor. They've deified the minister. 
They've made them a God and they've submitted their lives to them. And you, you, no, 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 no. You got to submit to the Lord, man. And submitting to the Lord means submitting to Scripture. And it means submitting to the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And uh, it's a healthy place. And I know a lot of people are afraid of that submission because it's been abused. But I'm here to tell you right now, the Lord won't abuse you. Can't get an amen. The Lord won't abuse you, okay? And there is a submission that we have to each other, but it's a submission that's not based on authority. It's a submission that's based on trust. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you start to trust somebody, you can trust what they say to you, right? But the point of, of all of that is this is the Lord's idea to share the gospel. Like, this is His plan. This is what He wants to do. He's made you a minister of reconciliation and, and that's, what he, that's, that's what we are. And so now we, we want to do that. We want to share that. We want to trust Him with that. He's going to help us in that. He's going to empower us in that. So the readiness is just the awareness. And I'll give you an example. The other night, and so I'm, I, since you know, two Thursday nights ago, three Thursday nights ago, I sat down to do online ministry. I've been doing a lot of online ministry. And in my heart, it was like, I all of a sudden did not want to do this teaching, and I wanted to be out in the streets doing evangelism. Like, hardcore. To the point that I wanted to shut down the meeting and go outside and preach the gospel. And what was happening was, God was changing my direction, changing the season. And He was doing it in here, right? And so I went ahead and taught the class, you know, taught, taught, did the teaching, and then we had a spring break, and then I came back, and then last Thursday I sit down with our online group, and I said, look, we're going to have to shut this down for a season. And, um, you know, it doesn't mean that there won't potentially be a time when we pick it back up. I feel very strongly led of the Lord to begin to, to minister in evangelism. Just get out in the streets, and the, the, the fields are ripe, right? Everybody understood it. They agreed with it. They prayed over it, blessed us. And there may be a time when we pick it back up, but we're in a season of harvest. Amen? How many other different seasons, right? And we're in a season of harvest, and, and there's just an unction to, to, to do that, right? And so since that's happened, <clears throat> I've been trying to place in my mind a place of readiness. Because at the same time that God's doing that on the inside of me and many other people, how many of you know there's this crunch in the world to not rock the boat? Political correctness, and you know, and you got to say this, and be careful, you might get canceled if you say this, and this, and this, and this. And there's this, there's this, this cultural pressure to succumb to a certain ideology that's contrary to the kingdom. And so, and so God is saying that He wants us to rise up in boldness and preach the gospel, let the chips fall where they may. Amen? And uh, how many know you can't cancel the cross? <laughs> you can't cancel the kingdom. Amen? <clears throat> and, and so in a, in a world where freedom of speech is under attack, um, it's time to rise up in boldness and share the good news of the gospel <clears throat> in your daily life. And so, all of that being said, <clears throat> it's been in the forefront of my mind, right? Now, we all have busy lives, we all have things that we're doing, but when, as you keep yourself in a place of readiness, there's this opportunity to share. And I'll give you an example. I went to the gas station to pick something up. I can't remember what I was getting. But I walked in there. How many know God will have moments of setup for you? <clears throat> You'll be playing baseball with your kids and you just give them the, just so they can, right? God will do that for you in ministry. <clears throat> he will set you up for good works, right? And so, but how I many know we've got to be aware of them? 
Now, the thing that will stop the setup is condemnation. If you feel condemned, you will feel unworthy to share. You feel like, I'm, I did this, I did that. Your, 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 your focus is in the wrong place. There is no one in here that's worthy of themselves. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> I mean, you know, all of us, we're not making it without Jesus. Who made us worthy? Jesus did, right? And so Jesus made you worthy. You're worthy to share the, the message. The, one of the greatest examples of this is Peter. I love Peter. I love the chosen, man. If you're not watching the chosen, watch the chosen. It's amazing. I love the way they handle Peter in, in, that, in that series. It's a, it's a biblical series on, on Jesus' life and ministry. But Peter, he, I mean, you know, Peter denied the Lord three times. After knowing him for three and a half years and seeing the miracles that he did. <clears throat> last, last time with cursing and swearing and bitterness. Like, that's heavy stuff, right? I don't know the guy. I mean, the Lord says, you know, anyway. So he, he has a lot of opportunity to be condemned. But yet, when, when the Spirit of God falls and the book of Acts is about to begin, I mean, no, God did not disqualify Peter from being the leader. See, there's nothing you can do that's going to disqualify you from being a minister of reconciliation. Condemnation will try to make you think you're disqualified, but it's a lie. <clears throat> it's not the truth. And the question is not how bad you were. The question is how good Jesus was. Don't get your eyes on you. Get your eyes on the Lord. Amen? And so, Pentecost happens. Spirit of God falls. Who does God pick to preach the first sermon? Well, Peter, of course. Not James. Not John. Not all the guys that did everything, that didn't make the mistakes, did everything right. The guy that made the biggest mistake, he said, this guy is going to preach. He preaches in his sermon, okay, as he's sharing the gospel, and he is bringing conviction to the children of Israel, he says, you denied the Lord. This is the guy that denied the Lord. But in his message, he says, you denied the Lord. Why? But you know why? Because he was so far removed from his failure. He was standing in his destiny. And he was very comfortable with where he at because that, that mistake did not define him and that was not who he was. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> Just imagine if, if Peter would have succumbed to condemnation, he wouldn't have been ready to share the good news, right? But because he did not succumb to condemnation, he was ready to share the good news. There was a readiness that was there. 3,000 people got saved off that sermon and the, and the early church was born, right? <clears throat> so anyway, God will set you up. He'll throw the pitch. Don't let condemnation keep you from coming to the plate. Can I get an amen? Because the enemy is going to try to condemn you. He's going to, he's going to do his best. Why? Because he can't, he can't afford to have the light shining out of you. Because the light shining out of you is too dangerous, so he's got to try to stop it. How's he going to stop it? He's going to tempt you for the purpose of condemning you. And if you take the temptation and you make the mistake... Here comes the condemnation, but the purpose behind all of it is to veil the light on the inside of you. Okay? Amen. Listen, there's nothing that you can do that's greater than what Jesus did for you. You are a child of God. You're in the kingdom. God is for you. You're the righteousness of God. Shine the light. Amen? Anyway, go into the gas station, and I walk in, and it's funny, like, I got these, like, clear masks that I wear now. My family makes fun of me, but I love them, man. It's this little tiny piece of plastic that, that, that crosses the T's and dots the I's, and I can still have a face. 
<laughs> you know, when I go into the gas station. Because, I mean, wherever, if they want me to, I don't care. I'll wear one. I don't care. I, I will honor whatever they want me to honor, right? But anyway, people can see my face now, which is good because, I mean, you know, it's easier to evangelize when you can smile at somebody. It's easier to share your countenance. You know, you know I, mean, I mean, that's just my thoughts on it, okay? I don't know. That's whatever. Anyway, that's what I had on. So this girl comes in, right? And so she's just looking at me, right? And, uh, and I was like, hey, you know, how's it going? Because she's looking at me all just kind of weird. And she's like, Ozzy? That was my name back in the day. You know, that was my, yeah, my before Christ name, right? I was Ozzy until I was, like, early 20s or something like that. When we first got married, she refused to call me Jeremiah, which I think is amazing. That shows you how much Ozzy was ingrained. I was Ozzy from fourth grade until... I got saved, really, you know, and I had to lay that, lay that down uh, a couple, a few years after I got saved. Anyway, so this is someone who used to know me back in the day, right? Old party person, right? <clears throat> and so here's God. He's giving me the pitch. You know what I'm saying? So we start talking right there. How you been? Da, 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 blah, I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then, and then, so there were, now you have to understand that what's happening in this gas station is church. Everyone is invited to a moment of witness. I love this stuff, right? <clears throat> so it's not just knocking doors and coming up to people. It's opportunities like this, right? And so then I, then I begin to share with her that I was a minister. Now, in your situation, you may not share that you're a minister, but you're saved or that you're a child of God or whatever, right? So I, and so I told her I was a preacher, and man, she just about fell on the floor right there, just like passed out like, are you kidding me? <clears throat> but it was so cool because now, and she's like, well, you know, I got a lot of Christians in my family, you know, but I'm the black sheep of the family. And I was like, you know what? Uh, God loves black sheep like us. And I just begin to minister the love of God, right? But it's not just hitting her. It's hitting the kid at the cash register. It's hitting the person over here that's in line. What's happening is we're having a moment where heaven comes down and Jesus is glorified and everybody in the room gets an opportunity to get loved. Y'all tracking me here? And, and, and these, are, these, are these, mo- these are these pitch moments, right? <clears throat> and so, just we had church, and it was wonderful, you know? And, and then, um, then when we left, you know, and she was still just, you know, and you know, I didn't feel led to try to pray for her or try to do anything like that. I didn't feel led to do any of that. I just needed to share that message. Sow that seed, and, and that's it. Are y'all tracking me here? You don't have to make something happen. You, when you, how many know light shines and things happen? Right? So <clears throat> that's, that's, that's an example of, of opportunity that comes. And then there's another opportunity, a guy in my gym, uh, you know, needing prayer for something, you know. And how many know as I'm praying for this guy in the gym, everybody there is getting witness to. And then another time, uh, I walked out in front of my gym, and there's a guy that was standing out there, and God led me to, to pray for that guy. And I talked to that guy, told him that Jesus loved him, and he was actually a believer, which was really cool. How many know when you find a believer and you start to share the love of God with them, how many know it encourages them? And it emboldens them. And so we prayed right out there. People in the dollar store were, were watching us while we were doing that. And what you're doing is you're, you're allowing the fragrance and the aroma of Jesus to start Moving, moving through the streets. Amen? And there are all these just oppor- opportunities to do that, you know? And then, uh, you know, another thing that has been just tremendously led on my heart is I just want to preach the gospel to the unbelievers, you know? 
And so um, I want to do street preaching, you know, and I've been wanting to do that for quite some time. And, um, you know, street preaching is a little crazy, you know, to get out there and just herald the message. I mean, there's elements of not not crazy, but um, uh, it can seem crazy because, you know, so many times, anytime I've ever heard a street preacher, they've never preached the gospel ever. They've always been that annoying, angry, like person that you as a Christian want to beat them up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I can remember a time that they were doing a bunch of street preaching to these crowds. Um, We were somewhere, and these guys were so mean. And so, like, you know, talking about the clothes people were wearing and talking about, you know, oh, yeah, man, it was awful. And, and, and so, you know, and there I am, I'm a believer, and, and I'm just like, man, you don't have the right message. I appreciate your boldness. I appreciate your desire to serve God, but that's not the message, you know? And so anyway, so I've been wanting to actually just preach the gospel, man. And so I, uh, on Saturday, I got a chance to do it. You know, I got, I got a PA, I got a little PA, and I got some equipment, something I can set up really quick. And I've been looking at the laws and looking at, you know, I want to make sure I do the right thing. And so um, on the way uh, to Paris, I stopped at Triangle Park and preached. And I didn't have a P, I didn't pull out my PA because the cops were already there. And I didn't, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't have a permit to do anything like that. And so, um, but I figure I, I can open air preach and they're not going to give me a hard time. So I went ahead and I open air preached there at Triangle Park, shared the gospel. And then I went down to Paris. And then I, the beauty of a courthouse is it is public property. <clears throat> and so I pulled the PA out and I preached on the courthouse steps, posted the video to Facebook and all that stuff. And so that's what I want to start doing. That's a part of what I want to start doing. I wanted to start heralding the message of the gospel. And, uh, you know, it's not my job to strong arm people into salvation. It's not my job to make people. It's my job to shine the light. Let the chips fall where they may. How many of y'all, some people have never heard the gospel? Right here in the Bible Belt. How many of y'all, there are Christians that haven't heard the gospel? You know, believers that don't understand the goodness of God. And so anyway, so just going to start heralding that message. And so, anyway, um, and that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm going to do. Now, this is the part where we invite the church into, into being a part of this as well. <clears throat> and so, what we're going to start doing, and we'll tweak it as we go, but um, we're, we're going to do our, I shut down the online Bible study. We're not doing that any longer. And this is what we're starting out doing. And we'll, we'll tweak it as we go if we need to change things or whatever. But on Wednesday nights, we're going to meet here at 6 we're going to pray, and then we're going to go out, and we're going to have church out in the streets. And so, um, and I invite you to come. And um, if you want to, don't you don't have to, but that's what we're going to do. And I've been in, to- we've been in talks with uh, the people that run, um, is it John Davis Park? Ed Davis Park, right there in Georgetown. Um, it's right in the downtown area. And it's a little bit, it, it's just to be a great place to preach. And so I want to like secure a spot get permission from the city, and get down there and just preach and start to evangelize, right? And start to just talk to people and pray for people and do all the things that the kingdom does. So um, I'm, we're going to start doing that. That's going to be our midweek. Our midweek is no longer going to be an online. We're going to meet here at the church at 6. We're going to pray. We're going to talk, uh, strategize a little bit, go out, and then we'll minister for about an hour, we're gonna, and then we'll be done. We're going to do it on a weekly basis. So... That's an invitation. 
to you guys to be a part of that. Those of you guys that are online, that's an invitation for you to be a part of that too. Um, you know, I want to work together with other ministries, other people, whatever I can do. It's just time to preach the gospel, man. It's just time to, to sow the seed and to get out there in the streets and, and start, start doing the work of the ministry. Amen. And so um, that's what we're going to start doing. So Wednesday night, 6 o'clock right here, we'll, we'll begin by praying. And uh, you guys are invited to be a part of that. So, uh, you know, Angie called the police department and talked to them. And, you know, this city is very, um, uh, they're, they're not going to give you a hard time for doing stuff like that. Georgetown's a, a good place for, for doing stuff like that. Now, I want to say we're going to start here, but it doesn't mean we're only going to go here. You know, we can go to other towns. We can go to other places. But once a week during, on, right now on Wednesday nights, I want to have, uh, you know, an evangelistic event. And you guys are invited um, to be a part of that. We'll do it as a church. And we'll just get out there and love on people and share the gospel, man, and see what happens. So um, just want to let everybody know that. And, uh, but in, in the week ahead, um, you know, and once again, it's great to have events. The events are wonderful. But in your, on your Monday and your Tuesday and your Wednesday, keep your gospel shoes on. Keep a readiness in your mind. Be ready to share the good news. You know, and I'll, I'll read you this scripture and we'll close here. It says, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be always ready to give an answer to every person that asks you of the reason of the hope that is in you. Amen? There's, there's, be, be ready to give an answer because God, in the days ahead, He's going he's gonna to set you up and you're going to have opportunity, Right? And then, once again, go to the back. We got, we got, we're going to have tracks in the back. We're going to have different tools that you can use in your daily life. You know, for you, it might be just passing out a track to somebody. Um, it might be having a conversation with somebody. There's a million different ways we can do it. And as we do it, we'll just share testimony. And we'll try to we'll stir each other up and we'll, we'll encourage each other. But um, so anyway, so yep, that's what we have going on. So um, Praise God, and then we'll just we'll come together and, and we'll share. Do you have anything you want to share or any questions concerning all of this? And, and I'll say this too. As you get going, it gets easier. You know? As you get going, it gets easier. You get more comfortable operating as a minister of reconciliation because that's, that's who you are. You're a minister of reconciliation. Amen? And um, it gets... You get more comfortable and it gets easier. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are hurting. There's a lot of people out there that need help. There's a lot of people out there that need the love that's on the inside of you. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Here, take the mic. Can you pass this, please? I don't think I turned it on. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. This week I shared with a believer that was just really discouraged. Yeah. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because I, it wasn't received. My encouragement, my love, my hope, and everything I was giving uh, yeah. wasn't received. And um, uh, kind of like an angry animal or angry dog, you know, there yep. was a bite back. Yep. So I just want to say that to say, you know, there are going to be times when there's an insult hurled at you yep, or a right. bite back. Yep. You know, they're hurting people and they've been hurt. They've been abused. There have been times when they've heard a message and then been let down by someone they really believed in. There's just a lot of backstory. You don't know about the people you're about to meet. Well said. Whole lot of pain there yeah. that you don't know where it came from. So do not take it personally. I did not take it personally. 
emotionally. Yeah. I told the person that's okay. Yeah. You know, um, you know, just letting you know that you've got a lot going for you. The Lord loves you, and I let it be. Um, if you're not received, it's not that they're not receiving you. They're not receiving Christ yet, but you're sowing a seed, and you just walk on and do not take it personally is all I want to say. Excellent. And, and I want to say this. Those sharing that is just as important as sharing the moments when it is received because there's both. And it's not the individual that's being rejected. It's Christ that's being rejected. So when you get when you experience rejection, don't take it don't take it personally. And we need to include those moments in conversation so people don't feel like it's just them. And this is just kind of a part of how it works. Amen. Connie, did you have something, please? Um, yes, I just I love I love what you're sharing. You know, um, and I know for the the Lord has been really working on me about not judging people by their behavior, yeah. um, that, that always to look for the backstory in someone's life and yeah. find out some, and usually, um, you know, just, just to give an example of, of what he's taught me, uh, of how he's taught me to look is, is like, you know, this, this Cardi B, this rapper girl that, mm -hmm. um, her, her performance at the Grammys mm -hmm. and, you know, she's just been bashed and everything. And the Lord said, don't judge her by her behavior. You know, she's part of the world. That's what the world does. And he said, go find out what you can about her backstory, find out. And that's how he leads me is to look and find out and see if I can pinpoint something in somebody's life or he can lead me to something that pinpoints what led to the behavior that's going on. And yeah. then I can, I can pray effectively and, and, you know, just hopefully, hopefully, um, if given the person the chance, I have tried to find a way to actually contact her yeah. and and share, if nothing else, my little track. So you sure. know, because there's always a backstory behind behavior. That's right. It's good. We our part is to be loving and to be compassionate. And uh, you know, when when you when you when you experience people rejecting you, your response should your response is love. Don't 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 be aggressive. Don't fight back. Uh, and, and here's the thing, <clears throat> you know, not everybody's going to receive. Keep going. <laughs> you know, shake dust off your feet. Don't, don't allow some rejection to stop you from sharing the good news. It, it's actually, it's not your job to determine whether someone receives or not. How I many know your job is, is to share? I mean, I see your hand. Uh, uh, see Casey saying too. Give me one second. I'll let her share, then you share next. It's very important. Um, sorry. Uh, something, <laughs> something that uh, God had actually led me to do um, a few months back, and I didn't even really realize the impact it would have on the community that I live in. Um, at the apartment complex I live in, there's a lot of elderly people who can't really get out and get things. They tend to have to walk to the stores because, you know, they just, they don't. So um, something I did was I started when, like, Mike gives me meat or something or extra food, I, I there was this extra table in the laundry room, and I set up a thing there, and I put some little tracks out there and some clothes and whatever, just trying to reach the people in the, in the community. And the most beautiful thing happened was these people in the community took this over. 
and they use it now to minister to each other. It's awesome. And so it took it took it off of my hands and it made it more of a, you know. And so there'll be little notes to people about Jesus loves them and extra little things here or there that aren't necessarily food. Yeah. And so it was it was just kind of a beautiful thing how God kind of prompted that, but then they took over it. So that's awesome. That's good, man. There's all kinds of creative ways to share the love of God with people. No, it's good. It's good, huh? And uh, yes, please share. I've just found that if you have somebody that is really difficult to love, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've had people like that, and um, in one case, I had a. I was. Pr- you just pray about them and ask God to intervene, and, and the uh-huh. Holy Spirit show up. And I, I did that with uh, with a certain person, and. Uh, I had a vision of their fangs being pulled out. Oh, wow. Come on. That's good. when I went in the next day, it was unreal. It was like when it was like they flipped. All yes. All of a sudden, they were like super nice. And Come on. It was crazy. That's so, so good. I mean, Holy Spirit will show up. Definitely. That's right. If you just, if you ask him, that's what he'll do. That's good. So. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. It's huge, man. It, the, the prayer end of things um, really, that's why the Bible says we're supposed to pray for those people. You know, we're not supposed to fight them and attack them, pray for them, and then God will, he'll deliver them, you know. A lot of times these people, this is how people get saved a lot of times. You have some, an unbeliever that's persecuting you. Don't fight them, love them, and pray for them, and God will do the changing. Amen. Um, something we need to be aware of is uh, as we go out to do this, we wrestle not with flesh and blood. Yeah. We're going into the enemy's camp. And we're going into this camp, and we're bringing the we're bringing the kingdom to bear. Something we have to bear in mind, people. If you feel that thing coming out of them that's attacking, they do not know they're being used. Most people don't know they're they're blind. The God of this world has blinded their mind. They don't understand they're they're, they're being demonically. Your enemy is not people. The enemy wants you to make it about people. And he tries to trick us into getting offended at people and their behavior when they're when he is he is he is using those folks, he is he is using their pain, he's using their misfortune, he's using everything that's happened wrong to them to not only hurt them but to hurt others. Hurting people hurt people. And as we go forth, realize that you have the authority. And if something comes at us, we just speak under our breath to it. We don't make a big deal of that or production it. But you are a lion. The righteous are as bold as lions. And that doesn't mean we're like, Wah. what I mean is, is like there is an authority that we carry as we go out to this. We've been given the authority to handle this. Yeah. And, and I've experienced personally when I've done public, um, when I've gone out and evangelized, you will see the demonic rise up. I just want to prepare people for that. You will see people act out. You will now. There's going to be awesome stuff, but we need to be sober and be vigilant and realize as we go out, there will be resistance to what we do. There will sure. be attacks. Sure. But it's Isaiah 60. Just because that happens, oh, guess what that means? The glory of the Lord is coming, and the glory of the Lord's going to come and overtake it. And I just want to encourage us as we go out that to not be in fear to not be in fear of what people think, and to realize that the Lord is with us, and we are just ambassadors out there sharing the kingdom. But understand that if, if, if a personal attack comes, 
if someone says something, be prepared. The enemy will use someone to say something to you specifically that will cut to the quick. I'm just, be, they, they will exploit that. And, but guess what? You're not defined by that. You're not defined by any, this is why it's so important as we go out in this that we know our validation in Jesus. Jesus validates us alone, period. So that when you go out, you don't get pulled into that offensive spirit and, you're, and, your heart, and, you're, and you guard your heart with all diligence about it. And that way you're just free to love. You can say what you want to say about me, Bubba. I still love you. Yeah. And when you do that, oh, you disarm. You, you strip the enemy of his power when you do that because now he's lost the only thing he can do against you, and that's get you offended. Yeah. The key is love. Lo- the love is the key uh, you, because love will, love will compel you, and love will also drive out fear. And, and love is what allows you to minister properly. You know, see, legalism is void of love because I'm, I'm actually I'm witnessing to people in order that God will accept me or love me or like me or bless me. That means that I'm in it for me. Right? I'm self-focused. That's not, the, that's not the way the kingdom operates. The kingdom says God loves me and accepts me just the way I am, whether I administer to you or not. But I have received and I'm going to give because that's what God's called me to do. You follow me? And so love is, love is the most important element to all of this because love is what disarms people. Love is what changes their life. And the love will keep you It'll keep fear out of your life. And, and you don't have a bad motive. Like you're not trying to make somebody come to your church. You're not trying to sell, sell your church like a used car. You're, not tr- you're just trying to love people and help people and, 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 and just share the good news with people. Amen? And so that, the love will, will help with all that. And like I said, you know, once you get going, it gets easier and easier. And it's actually, it's a lot of fun. And it's not just something that we do in an event. It's something that we want to do in our daily lives. Amen? All right, cool. Praise God. Yeah. Hold on, let me. I know you don't want the mic, but we can't hear what you say without it. All they hear is Jeremiah. Yeah. And that edifies nobody. Here you go. Yeah, it's on. Go ahead. I just think it's important to remember also that if you're not going out on the streets and you're not ministering one-on-one with somebody and you know in the gas station and stuff and that's all that stuff is very important but um you're still seeking first the kingdom if you're just shining your light come on wherever you are because like not everybody's going to do that like i'm not going to do that right now in the stage of life that i'm in i'm not (laughs) you know what i'm saying like but at the same time i you know have opportunity to encourage people or to shine the light with the people i do come in contact with so i just because so, condemnation will try to come on people like well i'm not going to do that or i don't feel comfortable doing that or i'm yeah. not in a place right now where i can you know do that but you're still just as much shining the light as the person that's out on the street corner preaching come on so. that's right that's right that's extremely important to say we all we we all have our our part we all have our role and um we all have what we do you know and so everyone's going to have different opportunity to share you know and uh, so don't get in condemnation because you're not doing what... See, in the past, that's what people have done. They've presented, well, I'm doing this and this, and you've got to be... You're not as good as I am. That's garbage. Don't allow that to come into your head. Don't allow that... That, that is not the kingdom of God. That is, that is condemnation. That's performance-based, and that's legalism. Amen? So there's no pressure here whatsoever, you know? But, but there is the awareness that we are, we are called to shine this light, you know? And so the way Stacy's going to shine the light is going to be different than the way I'm going to shine the light, different than the way that you're going to shine the light. 
But we as a church, we're going to facilitate helping people do that if you can make it, you know, if you can come, you know. And if you can't, that's okay too, no sweat. Um, but the most important thing to me is that in your daily life, you just have a readiness to, 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 to shine, man. And I think it's going to be really good for you and it's going to be good for the people around you too. So anyway, all right, cool. With that, if anybody needs to give